0: So I'm grateful that we can spend some time together, talk about what really matters. We've been talking about it for the last few weeks, and what we hopefully have discovered and what I hopefully have uh, communicated clearly that the cross matters most, because it really does. When it's all said and done, you boil everything down to what does it mean and how do we become followers of Christ. It's all about the cross, because the cross really matters. Here's what I want you to know. There is... Something unthinkable about the cross. We've looked at so many dimensions of the cross, so many layers of the cross the last few Sundays. I want us to look at this. A prophecy came true according to God's purpose and plan for our salvation. Now let me explain what a prophecy is. A prophecy is, there's a guy over here in this time frame, and the Holy Spirit's Impresses upon his heart and mind and spirit to write something down from the mind of God. All right? And so he takes and he begins to formulate in writing what God is saying to him because it's about the future. He's writing here and then over here in another time frame, hundreds of years away, it happens. According to what God said, that's prophecy. Now, David was a prophet. According to Acts chapter 2, he was a prophet that spoke about the things of the future. He also was a great uh, worshiper. And in one of David's quiet times before the Lord, worshiping God, God revealed his heart and mind to David about the cross you ever wonder what jesus was thinking on the cross psalm 22 verse 14 is just a part of what he was thinking here we go my life is poured out like water that's a pretty vivid picture man i'm just i'm dying i'm dying i'm dying rapidly And all my bones are out of joint. If you know anything about the crucifixion, when they stretch you out on the cross and your hands are here and your feet are down, then they're nailed where they're not going to give. Basically, everything comes out of joint. Your shoulders are out of joint. Your elbows are out of joint. You are in serious, serious pain and trouble. My heart is like wax melting within me. So that is, here's what he's thinking about what he's going through. Man, my heart's. It's, 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 it's getting weaker. It's getting weaker. My strength is dried up like sun-baked clay. Anybody ever seen really, really dry ground, sun-baked, that the, the clay is so dry it's got cracks in it, it kind of turns up, it's just dry? Uh, and he says, my strength is in almost nothing. It's dried up. I don't have any strength left to even breathe. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. Ever heard the phrase, cotton mouth? People, man, just, my, my mouth feels like cotton. I'm so dry. There you go. When he's hanging on the cross, he was so thirsty, so dehydrated, that his tongue was just sticking to the roof of his, his mouth. Now, this is what he's saying about his experience. This isn't what somebody else is saying. This isn't a movie that someone thinks they know. This is what he's saying about his experience that Friday on a cross for six hours. My tongue sticks with my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. But that's not all. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. Now, guys, that's a pretty vivid picture also. The dogs are here, and an evil gang closes in on me. Now, let me tell you what I believe about this. I know we understand there was the Roman soldiers and the Jewish guys were, they were crying for his, for his crucifixion. And there was a lot of hatred against him and a lot of mocking, but also I believe that the powers of darkness came together that day to bear on him on the cross. I think there was an invisible warfare going on. And I think the enemies of darkness came out of the darkness. I think the demon said, I think we got him. I think we finally won this thing. Satan's going, I think we can do this. I think we finally got him where we want him. He's going to be gone. He's going to be done. And I think we may have finally won. And Jesus is saying, they're all around me. They're about to break into a celebration. They've pierced my hands and my feet. I count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. Wow. Let's go further. Well, that's it. We're good. Here we go. Let me say this. That's what David said here. All right. It happened here 2,000 years ago. And this is Jesus talking from the cross. And what he sees from the cross. And what he feels from the cross. Can I tell you what I I, I get from this? Number one, the voice of forgiveness is the voice crying from the cross, Father, forgive them. From the depths of his suffering, from the oppression, from the pain, from the humiliation, he cries out, Father, forgive them. The voice of forgiveness is the voice of Jesus. Ah, so incredible. That's why the cross matters. For it teaches us how we forgive. It's not all. The face of love is also the one on the cross. It's Jesus. You want to know what love looks like? You look at the cross. You You see forgiveness in the cross. You see love in the cross. You see grace. Humanity at its worst meets God at his best he was a sacrifice for us. He loved us so much he would pay the ultimate price to do what he could for us. It's amazing what we do for love, isn't it? It really is. We will do amazing things because we love somebody. Uh, when I was uh, dating and actually uh, in- engaged to Charlene, we were, I was um, working at Rich's downtown. And uh I was full-time, and, I was, you know, that's pretty good, but I really wanted to make more money because, you know, I just wanted to do things for her, buy things for her, and, and you know, just do stuff for her because she wasn't cheap, worth every penny, but she wasn't cheap. All right, so we're figuring out what I do I need because I want stuff, you know, and I want to do things for her because I love her. I just love her. I just want to do stuff for her, you know. And so my buddy Steve Echel said, hey, I got us a, a job. We can work downtown underground Atlanta on Friday and Saturday nights and collect money for parking. And I'm thought, oh, man, I don't know. That's pretty tough, but money was good. They paid real good. They paid by the hour, and so we'd, you could get off work going in there and, and work about four or five hours and, and, and make good money. Uh, only thing was, it was winter, it was cold, and the parking lot was dark. I mean dark. Now, you need to understand, it's Friday night in Atlanta in a dark parking lot where you got cash on you. Have I painted a pretty good picture? We're taking up money. Guys are coming in. It'll be, it'll be you know, seven bucks, five bucks, whatever. And we are giving us the money, and they go. And we're, and we got, we're guys, we're parking cars, and, and we're telling them where to go. And it's pretty, there's about six of us at work. And, and uh, we did that just to make money because I wanted to spend it on her. Now, we, it crossed my mind that, number one, this is really cold, but that's okay. And then I realized we could get robbed because we're in the dark. They get robbed us, ain't nobody gonna know what's happened to us, because you know, they just keep coming in, somebody keeps collecting money. But it is, you know, so uh, but we did it because that's what love does. But then one day somebody did get robbed and beat up, and I quit my job. That's it. But found something else to do to make money. But it's amazing what love will do for you'll go to extremes, you'll sacrifice, you'll you'll do things because you just love. God and his love for us did the most amazing thing, the ultimate demonstration of love, said I will die painfully for you because I love you that much. The face of love is Jesus. You wouldn't recognize him if you saw him that day. He didn't look anything like he would have looked on the streets of Jerusalem the day before because he was so badly bruised and beaten. But it was the face of love. Wow. The price for a relationship with God is the blood of Jesus. He's our Savior. The second thing I want you to understand is this because I think it speaks to you and to me very pointedly. It is unthinkable that that, that God could Could love so much, forgive so wonderfully, blows the mind. But the second thing I want you to get you can be so close to the cross, yet so far from Christ. So close, and yet so far from Him. We can wear it around our neck. wear it on our shirt, and yet be so far. John nineteen twenty three twenty four 24 says this. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they'd taken him up there, they'd stretched his arms out, they'd nailed him down, they nailed his feet down, they, they hung him between heaven and earth, and now they were just going to guard him. There was four of them. They were going to make sure no one came and tried to rescue him because they were unsure where he fit in all this and how he fit. And were there there zealots in the crowd? Were there people going to try to rescue him? So they were there to make sure that didn't happen. That was their job. And so uh, they took his robe, but it was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom, verse 24. So they said, rather than tearing it apart, let's throw dice for it. This fulfilled the scriptures that say, they divided my garments among themselves and threw dice for my clothing. We just read that over here. David, Psalm 22. Now it's hundreds of years later. John 19 says, here's what they did. It was not an uncommon practice for the soldiers who carried the the criminals up the hill and crucified them. They got to keep their stuff, such as it was. They got to keep their sandals and their clothes and whatever they may have had, they got to keep it. Because it's four, them, they said, how are we going to divvy this out? And we, we need to divvy this, but we don't want to divvy this out fairly because so, this robe's kind of nice and we, it would be worth more if we kept it in one piece. So we'll just throw dice for it and see who wins the robe. And they're down there below the cross, not looking up, not paying attention because they're used to the crucifixion. They're used to the cross. They've become very familiar with the scenery of that and the events of that, so it doesn't phase them. So they're just doing their thing. And Jesus is looking down and saying, they're just going to take my stuff without even considering me. playing games at the foot of the cross. Sometimes we're a lot like those soldiers. Oh, we don't mean to be. We don't try to be. But sometimes we really are. We're not much different. We become so familiar with the cross, doing business as usual, that we just end up missing God. Those guys dismissed God. We're so busy doing our stuff, taking care of what we want, what we like, what we prefer, and we miss God. And we know the cross is real, but sometimes we just lose sight of it. We lose the impact of it. When you look at the cross, I don't care how long you've been a believer, when you look at the cross. It should impact your life. It should overwhelm you with amazing love and grace. It should do something incredible to your hope and your confidence and your assurance in Christ. because what do you understand, it's about him and not about us. All the soldiers were caring about was his robe, the stuff not the Savior. And if we're not careful, we fall in the same trap. All we care about is the stuff and not the Savior. Oh, we we love him. Obviously, we say that, but somehow the stuff becomes too important. We're preoccupied with the stuff. We're consumed with the stuff rather than captivated by the Savior. It is the cross that matters most. Yeah, we play our games. The church sometimes is much like those soldiers. Pastors are sometimes much like those soldiers. We compete with each other for members, not realizing we're all on the same team. It's all about the kingdom, not about the local church. We compare ourselves, uh, we compare our buildings, our programs, our budgets with each other just for status playing games at the foot of the cross we operate with denominational pride forgetting there are going to be no denominations in heaven we're just going to be one as Jesus prayed he prays for that now but we don't cooperate very well with him We fight over the trivial, we're quick to judge but slow to forgive, and our traditions are valued over love. We're pretty close to the cross, but sometimes far from Christ, because we don't look like him. We don't talk like him, and we don't act like him. But we go to a building that has a cross on it, we wear a cross around our neck, and... We sing songs about it, but does it matter most? When it's all said and done, does it matter most? I I tell you what I believe. I believe we're seeing the times changing so rapidly, and what is taking place against the Christian community, I believe, is going to force many of us to become one and stop fussing and fighting about some of the stupid stuff we fuss and fight about. Because we're going to need each other. Man. We gather for church on Sunday without engaging people throughout the week. Just playing games at the foot of the cross. The cross matters most. I wonder what Jesus thought as he saw the soldiers at the foot of the cross. Maybe he was saying, they just don't get it. And then I wonder what he thinks about you and me and the games we play. It was in 1972, I was in Dallas, Texas, and Explode Conference, Big Campus Crusade Conference, and a bunch of guys went. Dan DeHaan and a bunch of our guys, we had a band that went, and they did contemporary Christian music, and they had a big festival there. They were going to take over the fairgrounds, and there was going to be several bands playing we were playing a couple places. No, I did not sing. I just simply worked the sound. But uh, it was an awesome trip. And uh, our, we, to help pay our expenses, we, we had an entrepreneur in the band, and he said, I'm going to make these wooden crosses. And they were about that big, and they had a one-way symbol on the top, and they had, of course, the, the, the symbol of the cross. And we put a leather strap through them and drilled a hole in them, and you could hang them around your neck. And we were going to sell those. And uh, kind of helped pay for our gas and stuff like that. And uh, it was a great conference. We filled up the, the stadium where the Dallas Cowboys played football. And it was an amazing time together as Christians came together from all over the country. And uh, it was amazing thing. Well, I was at the fairgrounds, and uh, my, my buddy said, okay, everybody take some crosses, and let's go sell them. That way we can, you know, great opportunity, da, da, da. And so we all, and I got crosses strung up my, my arm here, and I'm kind of holding them out, and and, uh, I'm not really wild about selling the cross, incidentally. I'm kind of like, man, I don't feel, this kind of feels a little weird to me. I'm not sure I really want to do this, you know, but I'm there, and I'm holding them out, and and sure enough, a a couple of young ladies, probably uh, teenagers, young teenagers, they came up, and they were so excited to be there. Hey, this is great. We're having a good time. We want to buy one of those crosses. Can we have one of those crosses, man? I want to buy one. How much are they? And I'm thinking, well, they're, you know, they're like, they're like, they're like three bucks, and uh, uh, and then the Spirit of God spoke to my heart. He said, I want you to ask this one, does she know me? And so I'm getting the cross off, and I put her in hand. Somebody ask you a question. Uh, I think it's great you want to buy that cross. And obviously it means something to you, but can I ask you, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And she said, no, I don't. I said, well, let me tell you what's really amazing. Let me share how you can have that. Would you like to know how that could really happen and really know him? Not just have a cross around your neck, but have Christ in your life. And she said, I really would. So we talked for a few minutes and, and shared with her. And in the process, uh, found out she was a preacher's kid. Uh, and then just was talking about different things. And then, man, God broke through, and her heart just melted, and she ended a cry, and she trusted Christ as her Savior and Lord. And I gave her the cross. Matter of fact, I gave the rest of them away that day. I didn't sell a single one. But the Lord taught me how the cross really matters. For she was attracted to this symbol of a man that hung on it 2,000 years ago. And it still mystifies us. It is unthinkable that he would do so. But he did. Because it matters most.